Hi, Warwick. This I am Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Hello, Warwick. My name's Jacob. Hello, Jacob. <laughs> Welcome to the Tradies Business Show. Okay, um, do you think my aw- my mum is awesome? I think your mum put you up to that. <laughs> no, she didn't, did she? And she's in the room, so <laughs> I'm going to say yes, she is. Do you guys think your mum's awesome? Yes. Yeah. What's the best part about me? Uh, he lets us mm, go out with her. She lets oh. you go out with her. Oh, that's that nice. Up there. <laughs> what do you like about me the most? You got me an Xbox One, which is about $600. <laughs> there you go. Money will get you everywhere with it kids. It will. <laughs> Welcome to the Tradies Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. So welcome to the Tradies Business Show, listeners, where we put our kids up to saying cool stuff about us on air (laughs) (laughs) or bribe them with an Xbox One. I know. Hey, uh, Christmas is coming up, Michaela. Just saying, (laughs) I don't have an Xbox One. Well, you know, unfortunately, I had to break the news, I hope there's no children listening, (laughs) that perhaps Santa is not real. Ooh, you're you're having those conversations. He's worked it out. And he's also worked out that, uh, you know, every Xbox One game is like 100 bucks. So he wants this year, and there's a lot of games out this year. He's got to do a lot of chores. Yeah, because he's going, I don't understand why I can't get a new laptop, Mum. Well, because Santa doesn't make laptops. Yes, he does. <laughs> he makes Xboxes. He must be able to make laptops. Yeah, so, uh, he, yes, he's pretty heartbroken at the moment. So. Mm. Well, that's, uh, yeah, I've got a little while before I think I have, although... Although with my with my four year old girl, you know she's um, so she's been diagnosed with what used to be called Asperger's. Um, so very very intelligent. What's it called now? Uh, just on the spectrum. Just ASD. Yeah. High functioning. So um, super intelligent, but yeah. struggles with the social stuff. But anyway, part of being so intelligent is she figures stuff out really quickly, and I think she's already cottoned on to the fact that how can Santa be in the shopping centre? Getting photos done and out delivering presents when sleighs don't fly, reindeer don't fly, and she's four. Yeah. So I think this is. You're not going to get to nine like I did. I reckon I I could have got another year, but when he was going, I just don't understand why Santa can't bring me a laptop. Uh, (laughs) And and then he came out with it. He said, Is Santa real? I was like, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, And he was pretty devo. He goes, Oh, I didn't think he I thought he was. Uh, No. He was like bluffing me. Yeah. yeah so he was like gutted. Yeah. So he was yeah, really right. gutted. And I swear, because he's got two, he's got two younger brothers. Do not tell them. <laughs> yeah. So we'll Keep see your mouth that's... shut and I'll get your laptop. Yeah. So we'll see how that's going to go this year. But it broke my heart. Ah, uh, well, it's going to happen. It is. Uh, so, g'day, listeners. How have you been? You, uh, where are you at the moment? You're rattling around in a ute or sitting in the, uh, the site shed? Um, we've got a really cool episode today. And uh, it's it's relevant to the whole family thing. Uh, so our guest today talks a bit about work-life balance and running a business with a growing family. Uh, three girls under four, I think. I think she yeah, she's got 
five, two, and one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, being a tradie, um, well, cover some ground today. You know, making the decision to quit a business and yep. focus on another one. Uh, there's some fantastic uh, topics in here, and uh, and our guest is Beck from the Plummet. Yes. Uh, so she has a blog called The Plummet now. Yeah, and she's an award-winning female plumber. She um, started her apprenticeship in 2006 and uh, finished that in early 2011. And uh, she also won Queensland um, Plumbing of the Year, Apprentice of the Year mm. um, for Queensland. And then the following year was named Australian Plumber of the Year. So she certainly, you know... Mm, she's an accomplished trade. She is in her young years, and uh, she tells the story about how she became a plumber because she wanted that work-life balance. But then, when it came to it, uh, she just wanted to be, you know, mm. her home, and it was mm-hmm. a bit hard running the business and everything. So she really does tell a great story. But she also tells a story about how she got her award-winning blog up called The Plumet. Uh, and it talks about all things plumbing and lifestyle renovation and, and family and face. So it's really morphed into this amazing lifestyle and plumbing mm. renovation blog. Mm. And so it really helps. Um, that's now producing an income for her. So that's how she's turned from being on the tools to now building this, this blog. So, which has been featured on Kidspot, which is a pretty big deal. Yeah, and she's won some awards, and, and she's really getting a name out there in the in the blogging sphere. So uh, it was great to have Beck on talking about blogging for business and what tradies should do to help promote their business, and and yeah, like making some tough decisions about following your passion and things like that. Mm, so how to was, say no to something? It is. Ooh. So enjoy our interview with Beck. And welcome to the show. It's been a long time coming. I know I've been trying to get Beck on here for a while. <laughs> uh, so we've got Beck from the Palmette today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. G'day, Beck. Hello. How are you? Now, you've got a lot going on in your <laughs> life. And uh, yes. And uh, so tell us a little bit about, um, you know, we always love having the lady tradies on. Um, mm-hmm. But tell us a little bit about your background and where you are today. Okay. Yep. Great. Well, I started my apprenticeship back when I was 22. That was around eight years ago. Um, and I started it under my dad's um, plumbing business. So my dad had um, our family plumbing business had it probably oh, 15, maybe even 20 years before I actually even started working in it. Um, and I found this apprentice because my goal was to have a business that I could work in so that I could have a family. Um, and ironically, it just came around that dad was looking for someone to take over the plumbing business that was very similar to him in, um, I guess, in personality and work ethic. And um, he looked at me and I said to him, I had Tori told him that I was looking for some sort of business opportunity to, you know, um, to build um, so that by the time I had my kids, I'd have a business, you know, running underneath me. And so he took me under his wing and I started my plumbing apprenticeship. And um, a lot of things have happened, like, happened um, in that time because I started that when, in 2006. And then in 2008, we had the global financial crisis. And even though it didn't affect us, um, despite the fact we, our, our work was in commercial plumbing, so we would do inner-tenancy work um, in the city. So we had actually um, a fantastic couple of years where when we had the drought in Brisbane, we were up doing up all the um, bathrooms and all the um, buildings in the city. And, um, but when the 2008 crisis hit, we probably got hit for around 2009, 2010 when contracts probably started to 
um, ceased. Mm. And um, at that time, my dad had been busy um, with our family business, put me in a quiet time and he wanted to change. And I said to him that I was a bit overwhelmed. I don't, wasn't sure how I was going to run a multi-million dollar business by myself. <laughs> so we made the change then back in 2008 um, and I was still an apprentice then um, by um, changing the clients that we would work for. And so we decided to start our residential plumbing firm. Or pl- well, we still, we're still JPL Plumbing. Um, but we started doing residence um, and doing, you know, going to stay-at-home mums, you know, going to the elderly. And we promoted our business on 96.5 radio station that um, a lot of families listened to and um, promoted that, you know, we were plumbing with a woman's touch and we had a female plumber on board and um, we, that's what we, that's what we um, started to do. So in that time, I then had my first baby and... I think I probably only had six months off to have her because then we had the January floods in 2011. And so that got me back on the tools again with Dad because we had a lot of houses that we had to um, help fix up after those floods. Um, and then in in between that time, so between around 2011, I started my blog, The Plummet. And um, I just remember talking with Dad saying, I want to, because I wrote a story about how, well, I've written a book about how I became a plumber. And I thought if I start a blog, it'll get the readers, you know, to my book if it ever gets published. <laughs> and so um, I started my blog and it was all about, you know, just teaching people about why, you know, to use plumbers, um, you know, to do their plumbing work, you know, why it's not a good idea to do it, do it yourself, you know, explaining why do plumbers charge a call-out fee. Um, you know, I wanted to be the communication between a plumber and a, and a, and a client. And so that's how I really write my blog. And um, I thought, oh, you know, all plumbers are going to follow me and read what I write. And I think for a year, the only person that read it was my mum and uh, (laughs) husband (laughs) and maybe a handful of, you know, friends, you know. And so a lot of it was a bit technical and as technical as I could be um, because obviously being a licensed plumber, you're not meant to, you know, show people how to do their own plumbing. So I'm always mindful about what I write on my blog. I just give enough information to let people know or be informed about what, you know, what could be the issue. Um, so I started writing that in 2011, um, then 2012, then 2013 I had my baby, my second baby, Maggie, and after that I went back to work um, six months after I had Maggie and I think I was only back in the third, like three months in and I found out I was unexpectedly pregnant again with my third child. <laughs> and at that time, look, construction had changed a lot. Um in that there's a lot of paperwork, obviously in business there's a lot of paperwork um, and a lot of safety. Um, there's like a big push on safety and it just adds stress um, to running a business. And at that time my dad said, look, um, I want to retire. I've been doing this, you know, since I was 15 and I don't have to wait another 12 months for you to, you know, finish with your third baby. So um, we ended up making, I guess, a hard decision in December 2013 to um stop our family business so that I could focus on being a mum to my three girls. I was going to have three girls under four and dad was going to re- pretty much retire. And um, I was probably a bit depressed about that because I thought the whole reason I started my apprenticeship was to, you know, take over my dad's family, you know, plumbing business and here we were closing the business down because I wasn't going to be able to handle it with my three young um, girls. So um, I was probably a bit depressed that Christmas and I was actually really thinking, well, where do I go? What do I do? Um, and I was pregnant at the time and I was spewing my guts up, so there was really nothing that I could do <laughs> other than look after myself and the two girls I had already. But at that time I realised, well, what did I have in front of me? What could I use to um, build on that I already had? And that was the plummet, my blog. And so what I did was I consistently started blogging um, 
on the climate more consistently, um, probably weekly, um, and even just opened up a bit of that personal life and that faith. And that's brought me, well, two years now, we're 2015, that's brought me to now where the climate is starting to earn an income for myself. So it means I've still got a foot in the door. Um, even though I'm not actually working as a plumber, I'm still writing about plumbing things um, and about family life as well. But um, I've still got my foot in the door while I'm at home with my girls. And that's really my story. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, all good. That was a good summary. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's interesting that, uh, you know, your trade has taken you to a whole nother, um business, really, where, you know, you've gone from um, being on the tools to actually running um, – I guess like their media sites now, really good blogs. And I know I met Beck at some um, blogging conferences over the last couple of years because it's a passion of both of ours. And um, it's great that now that's been able to provide you some income because I know you do love it and, and love writing. So it's great you've been able to use your trade in a different way to create the blog. Yes, yes. It's, um, I would never have thought of it or dreamed of it. I mean, like I said, the whole reason I started the blog was so that I could get readers um, so that I can promote my uh, book, which I actually have had sitting in the back burner because I've just been so passionate about the blog. Um, and also I've had my hands full um, with my three girls. Um, so, um, yeah, it's just interesting. And I guess um, looking at my story, like I'm also very passionate about, you know, engaging or telling, um, you know, young girls or even women who want to get, you know, hands on um, the tools. But there's so many different career opportunities, you know, in the trade. Um and I've always actually said that when I started my apprenticeship and I've, you know, I've seen, um, I've seen it happen to, you know, other female plumbers. Like I know, um, Carly, who's a Brisbane plumbing inspector, she was always someone that I kind of looked up to as I was doing my apprenticeship because there's not many of us female plumbers around. Um, and the other thing that I did when I start, did also start my apprenticeship was I went straight to Google to find other female plumbers and there was nothing really written about female plumbers and, um, I, in a way, that's really why I started my, another reason why I started my blog, because I know there must be girls out there who are about to start and they're worried, they're scared, you know, am I going to be able to do this? And, um, when the plummet comes up, they can actually go, oh, yes, I can. Um, because, you know, Beck's been able to do it. <laughs> so even though I'm not quite doing it at the moment, um, you know, th- that resource is still there, um, you know, of the history of, you know, what, Dad and I did how we managed our business, you know, around me having kids, around family, um, because it's really, it is a big juggle, actually. You know, it doesn't matter really what business you do. Um, if you work for yourself, it, it's, it's always busy. There's, the work is never done. Yeah, and so I, you know, myself and my husband, we have three young kids as well, and we do find that work-life um, juggle uh, quite stressful at times. So what do you have for uh, families out there that are trying to, to have that elusive work-life balance and actually, you know, be able to look, up, look after themselves as well as their family and the business? Yep, okay. Well, the first thing I'd say is actually just admit that it's hard, and we all know it's hard, but sometimes I think we find it hard to admit it. Um, we don't want to admit that it's actually really a big struggle. So admit it. Yes, it is a big struggle. Um, the second thing is obviously put priority on your family. Um, one of the things I see in a lot of trade businesses is that you, you've got a husband, you know, who's a tradie and you've got the wife who generally does the accounts. And that's really what our um, plumbing business principle, it was like that. That's my dad was, you know, on the tools and my mum was actually looking after the accounts and it was the same as when I started my apprenticeship too, although I'd also took on a bit of the admin. But it can just... 
overall your life where it is just work, 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 work. And if you don't put time into, you know, have family time away on holidays where you don't have the mobile phone because that mobile phone will ring you um, if, when you're in Australia or anywhere. You need to have no, you need to have no contact pretty much so you can just focus on each other. It, it really needs to be a priority because I find that we make our businesses so that we can be flexible in working around our family, but then we work so hard that sometimes they put on the back burner and then an issue comes up um, and suddenly our family can fall apart. And the whole reason we started our business was, you know, for financial prosperity and also for, you know, flexibility with our family. Um, so it's really hard to manage that balance. And um, look, Nicole from The Builder's Wife, um, she's another great blogger that I'll mention on here. She actually writes about it because the same thing, she is, she does the accounts for her husband and her husband is a builder. And she says it's hard for herself even, you know, trying to um, carve out that time. But what she said, and she said right in the post last week, and it really resonated with me and I think it'll resonate with a lot of people listening today, is that some weeks it will be really busy and then other weeks not so. And what you need to do is you just need to kind of counterbalance um, so the weeks when it's a little bit slow, that's when you really focus on your family. And then the week when it's not, when it's really held for leather, you know, on the tools, you know, accounts, whatever, um, that's, you know, you work your hard and then you just got to find those moments. You just, if you understand, it's like a pendulum, you know, it's never ever in balance dead straight. It's just a pendulum. You know, one week it'll be a bit more family, other two weeks it will be, you know, um, constant business. And I think a lot of us, a lot of the time we find it's just constant business, but we need to, find the time um, to counterbalance it. So that's my advice. But it's easier said than done, though. But I think it's really important to, you know, our families need to come first. You know, we need to put that priority on there um, because actually working all the way um, and but our families, well, they don't. So It's a bit of a <clears throat> tradey mentality. And I come from a, a trade background uh, or a family with, with a trade background as well, Beck. But that yep. hard working thing is if you're not actually busy, then there's a bit of a mindset that you're not doing anything productive or you're not actually contributing. And, and to take that family time when it's available feels like laziness to a lot of our listeners, I suspect. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do yep. you actually uh, – like do you have any strategies for yourself to, to stop you from slipping into that? Well, I could be spending time with my kids, but there's a thousand things I should be doing and you know, sitting here on the couch reading a story is not being productive. How do you personally kind of manage that yourself? Oh, it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. And to be honest, this year has probably been harder because that's what I've been learning is I've been actually writing for other publications and, and then coping with the plumber and then coping, coping with three kids um, under four when one is one and one is two and they're just everywhere. Like, it's a, I make a decision obviously during the day to be with them and at night time I'm, you know, down, you know, working really hard. Um, but there are times, like, especially on the weekend, let's for example, the weekend I could be working because my husband's home and he could be looking after the girls. But then I haven't seen him because I've been working during the night during the week. And the weekends he's home, but I just want him to look after the girls so I can actually, you know, just get get a bit ahead. I never do. It's really it's making a conscious decision to go, no, Saturday is our family day or making a day on the weekend or wherever it is for an afternoon, an hour. I don't you know, you need to make a conscious decision and that's what I've been doing, trying on the weekends not to work. Um, and if I do, it's very limited. I, I give myself a time of it's only for one hour or two hours max, and that's it. And as soon as that two hours is up, I get away from the computer and I go and spend time with my girls. The other thing I also find really um, good to do is actually just going away, like going and actually doing something with the kids. Um, because I find if you go like to like a, um, 
you know, even something like um, movie world, that's probably, a, we can't all afford to go to movie world all the time, but, you know, somewhere where you're away from the phone actually really helps as well because the phone actually draws you back to your business as well. Uh, so somewhere where you can, you're away from the phone, uh, but it's always a conscious, it's got to be a conscious decision and it's and it's it's really hard. But I will tell you um, a little story and I hope my dad doesn't mind this. Um, you've also got to have perspective about the work that you're doing. Um, my dad um, and I have always had a great relationship and um, back, I'm going to um, tell you, so back in year 12, um, I had my school formal and my dad actually purchased my formal dress. Um, I, the first formal dress I ever had, or well, I had, my mum actually bought with me and my dad looked at it and said, no, nah, you're not wearing that, I don't like it. <laughs> um, and because it wasn't red, um, it, red's my favourite colour and it, it's his favourite colour too. So we went straight into the city. He goes, I know the perfect place to go because I've just done the plumbing in the building and I know where we've got to go. <laughs> we went to Tim Lindgren, who was a, he was a designer. <laughs> I said, Dad, do you realise this? This is not like Mr. K or, um, you know, like a you know $200 formal dress. The dress was probably 600 bucks. but Dad was just so chuffed that he was able to get me with this dress and it was just beautiful. So formal night came around and my dad wasn't there to see me in my dress. And the reason being was um, he was working directly for um, a new um, a new client, like a, a business that had moved into a um, the, a new tenancy and he was threatened with liquidated damages and my dad because he was the owner of our plumbing business and we were the plumbers on that job he felt compelled he had to be there to see the job to completion so we did and he but he missed out and seeing me at my former and I actually didn't think about it you know and I still even don't even think about that he wasn't there because the whole experience of going getting my formal dress was really was really the memory for me but I know it hurt I know it crushed him you know that he made that decision 18 months later that client went bankrupt and if you think in hindsight you go wow if you had known that that was going to happen um you know would you have spent that time to you know would you maybe you would have organized someone else to you know be there that night if you had known that that was going to happen 18 months later so always having good perspective about um about your business um and when you combine it with your family, it's re- I think that's really important. And so I think when you have that perspective, it helps you then to make that decision to spend the time with your family. Yeah, great Does advice. That make sense? I hope it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a great story. It demonstrates the importance of, you know, being there and, and making those choices. Now, you were saying that, you know, you started your blog because it was originally to help build the plumbing business. And this is mm-hmm. something, an area that I'm passionate about with our trading listeners is they don't really yet get the power of what a blog and content marketing can do for their business. You know, mm-hmm. the, the benefits of, of Google and storytelling and being able to reach new audiences organically. And, and providing value and helpful information to their customers. Yes. So what, what tips do you have for a trade business that's looking at perhaps or should be looking at blogging to, on their website and how can they go about it and what are some tips to make it easy for them? Okay. Well, that's what they should be doing it. So every um, you should have a blog. Most web plumbers will have a website now because obviously most people, they don't go to the yellow pages anymore. Um, well, very rarely do they flip through yellow pages or white pages, whichever one it was, um, they go straight to Google and they put in plumber in whatever suburb you know, they live in and it's, you know, the first three or so plumbers that come up um, are what, um, you know, they'll end up ringing. And but the, the, the beauty of having a blog is that it also it can help with um, your search engine optimization, which is probably a bit technical, you know, for um, people listening here. But having a blog, it, it, it's great actually have showing these are the jobs that we've been doing Um 
you know, it could be a bathroom renovation, it could be unblocking, you know, a toilet, which sounds gross, but people actually love that kind of stuff. <laughs> like I once put on there what a block sewer looks like and, you know, it just kind of went a bit viral because people just love seeing, you know, gross stuff, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, but showing, um, you know, it also um, having a blog and showing those stories actually also gives the person who is reading it um, confidence in your ability as a plumber because there's often a lot of lack of confidence in bringing um, tradies um, to come to your house. So um, I see the blog, um, it's great for doing that. I also know that some plumbers are going to be going, well, how the heck am I going to have time to blog? Because it does take time. You know, you've got to take photos when you're out and about. You've got to remember to take the photos. And I remember when I was on the tools, it wasn't about taking photos. It was just getting in to get the job done. And then I'd get in the truck and go, oh, God, I should have taken a photo <laughs> to put on my blog. Um, so I actually think you need to utilize your apprentices um, in this, in that if you've got apprentices, they are so savvy on Facebook, on social media, and while you're also training them, you know, to how to be on the tools, you know, train them about, you know, can you update our Facebook page? You know, get them involved in your business, and that way you're not, you know, putting stress on, you know, the, um, your, your um, girls you know, in the office, and you're your apprentice is out on site anyway, um, and they're probably on an iPhone or you know Android phone that they can actually you know do a mini blog on you know on you know on Facebook. Um, you know, get them to do it. You know, think a bit smarter about how you can use your employees when you're out and about on site, so that you're not doing everything. Um, but yeah, the power of blog, you know, it really connects people. And um, I'm always um, through the planet, always getting people actually writing to me. Oh, Beck. For example, one of my um, blog posts, you know, how to change a skewed toilet pan, it's probably one of the highest hitting posts on my um, blog because obviously people are going on to Google. It's an uncommon um, plumbing, uh, well, sorry, it's a common plumbing problem for a minor few um, where they've got a skewed toilet pan and they're not sure, you know, how to get it fixed or what to do. And so they put it in Google and that comes my blog. And I've had so many inquiries about, oh, can you come out and fix my skewed toilet pan or change it around to a P-trap? And I've had to say, no, I'm not doing this at the moment and I'm forwarding to another plumber. So that's what happens. You know, so some, you know, someone will have a question, a genuine question about a plumbing issue. And if you have got a blog that you've talked about, um, you know, a specific, a specific issue, usually that blog will usually come up in Google and then they'll comment, you know, on your post or contact you and say, well, can you come and fix this for me? So that's, you know, one aspect. Um, um, of, you know, of blogging. Um, but yeah, the storytelling is really important. Um, really just to build confidence and just to build um, a community as well because um, with plumbers, you know, you need clients, you need community, a community of clients, you know, to constantly be feeding your business. So, you know, what better way to um, service them, you know, by, you know, providing a blog and telling them what's going on in your business life. So, Beck, obviously you've got some uniqueness there with the fact that you're a lady tradie, you know, you're a lady plumber. Um, how important is it that... that our listeners have a niche or figure out what their um, uniqueness is. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I shouldn't say it's easier for you, but um, what would you say goes into positioning themselves in the market so they're not just another plumber or just another chippy? Yeah, you need to find the unique, you need to find something unique that sets you out. Um, and the other thing I also, and that's not something that I actually even learned from my dad, you know, our work was always in a, um, city tenancy work, you know, so we're always in the Brisbane building. So my dad knows all the Brisbane, you know, all the buildings in the city, well, apart from the ones that have, you know, been built in the last two years, you know, off the back of his hand, you know, where's all the, knows where the stacks are and how the plumbing runs in them. Um, and so that knowledge, you know, that's why we're very, there were only 
I'd say only three other plumbing firms that were in our niche, you know, in the um, city. Um, and it was very specialised um, in the city. And so we all, you know, the three or four plumbing businesses that, you know, were in that niche, we all got, you know, the, we all got, you know, all pretty much consistently got business. So finding that niche is really important. Um, I think when you're covering so many different um, trades, you can get yourself in a bit of trouble. And I've seen plumbing companies do that and they've just fallen over. Um, and, I, yeah, I just think, yeah, if you, when, you, when you're in a niche, you just, you just know it better. You know how to service it better. Um, don't underestimate the power of having a female tradie in your business. And I've said that from the start when I started my plumbing apprenticeship. A, a female tradie just... Well, um, and it's not about discrimination about clients, you know, wanting just a female plumber. Just having a female presence, it just, it just looks great for your business, you know, because you're an equal opportunity um, employer. So, you know, go, you know, go, that's, an, you know, another way, you know, an avenue of um, going there. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, other avenues. I don't know if I answered the question. I hope I have. <laughs> yeah, and I think... Uh, it is important to have a niche because you know, you can service it really, you can service it so well that you're known for that niche, if you know what I mean, and that's what Jacob Plumbing was known for. We were known for innocent, you know, in tenancy work or a hospital. We do hospital fit-outs or, you know, um, dentistry. We were just known that we would, you know, get in, get the job, you know, done, um, and we knew what we were working with in the city. So... You know, it, it's it's your reputation that comes out when you're um, niche based, um, mm. and that's what helps you get the work and consistent work as well. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's hard, I think, for uh, a lot of people in business, let alone trades, to say, well, if I pick one thing though, then I might miss out on work in other markets. Yeah, yeah, I understand that as well. Do a bit of market research and work out, you know, what, what areas, you know, of plumbing, um, you know, are lacking. And, and I'll tell you one, it's roof plumbing. You know, we were always getting, like, to be honest, all the plumbers actually don't like being on roofs, you know, and I kind of say, but there are roof plumbers that are very specialised and can do, um, you know, I even worked with some of the roofing apprentices that take. And, you know, what I would do in an hour, they could do, you know, half the time because they were just so used to it and they, and they knew what they were doing. So, you know, look at areas that are lacking. Um, you know, solar hot water units, you know, like have a time of just brainstorming and go, well, what areas, you know, will people be needing a service in? Um, you know, um, backflow valves, you know, getting, te- you know, testing them. You know, someone that's hard to find, a, you know, a plumber, you know, to do that because they've got to have the right license for that or septic tanks. You know, what is something that is hard to attain? So you've got to do an extra, a, bit of, a bit of extra work, you know, to get the license that you can then specialize in because, um, that will set you out, you know, and that's how you find your niche. And, um, and yeah, that's probably the best way to, you know, work out what, where, where to go, you know, with your niche. Another thing, solar hot water units. You know, everyone was going crazy putting solar hot water units in, but I wouldn't have a clue how to service one, to be honest, because I haven't, um, we, when they were installed, it was just as I was getting, um, having my kids. So, um, I know how to put one in, but I wouldn't know really fully how, how to service one. So go, you know, um, Get the you know get the get the knowledge or the training to know the ins and outs of everything about you know solar um, hot water units and make that your niche. You know there's so many different avenues, um, but you probably sometimes just need to sit down, have a brainstorm, and work out where is the need. You know where where well, what am I getting constantly calls for? Is it you know even unblocking drains or having cameras down drains? You know so for us we actually never unblock drains. We would always have a plumber that we knew that we would call to put all, on board all our unblocked um, drain work through. Um, and for the cameras, you know, putting cameras down um, sores to, you know, find out why they were blocked or, you know, find cracks in um, pipes, um, you know, that was another niche, you know. So, find, you know, finding a niche is all about finding what 
you're constantly getting called for um, or working out what people are really needing or having trouble finding, if that makes sense. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it makes complete sense. And it's something that um, also I want to touch on that you raised in your story at the beginning is about that decision to end a business. I know for a lot of people that's, uh, you know, it can be a really tough decision whether they should just hang in there and, you know, the light's at the end of the tunnel or really it's not going anywhere, they're, they're in the wrong market or whatever or they just don't love it anymore or have that passion. And you said that yep. was a really hard decision for you guys. So talk us through the decision-making process that you went to to end that business and how you dealt yeah. with the, I guess, the disappointment. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, um, I worked well with a team and that's what Dad and I were. We were a team and I think when you have a big business, a common business, you need to have a team, you need to have someone, you know, an offsider. Um, but I really believe in having on one person's shoulders, it's just, it's full on. So I knew, I think you've got to wake up to yourself and realize what, what, what is it exactly that I, you know, that you want. And for me, I worked out that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mum with my girls in the early years. And I realised that in order for me to do that, I probably wasn't going to be able to do a plumbing business. And that was a really hard reality, to, you know, to come by because I thought, oh, all that work I've done, you know, <laughs> it's all for nothing. You know, all those awards, you know, it's all for nothing, you know. Um, and um, But you sometimes you've just got to, um, you've got to admit to yourself, what is it that you really, you know, really want? Is what you're doing at the moment going to get you to where, you, you know, you want to be? Um I didn't want to be a stressed mum. I didn't want to be putting my kids, you know, 60 hours a week into daycare or getting someone else to look after them. So for me as a, uh, a mum, it was probably a bit easier decision to kind of make, but it's still hard and I'm not, not um, watering it down. It was really hard. It was a depressing Christmas. Um, I was probably crying every morning working out what, what the hell do I do now? <laughs> um, and, um, you know, it was a big curveball. It was, it was, it just completely took me by surprise falling pregnant with my um, little baby, but she was the best surprise ever because She's taken me on a completely different journey. So when you do close a business, don't ever think that nothing better is going to come your way next. You know, so there could be, you know, an opportunity could just come, you know, by right when you need it. Um, and that's what I, I found with the, um, the plummet. But, um, you know, making a hard decision like closing a business, you just can never um, underestimate, you know, that there will always be good things coming your way um, when you, do, um, when you, you know, have to make that really hard decision. Um, but, so, you know, two years later, here I am talking to you um, and, you know, back then I wouldn't have known what the heck I was going to do, where I was going to go, you know, who was going to employ a pregnant plumber, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> at that stage. Um, but I guess so, it's about being open to opportunities and just letting yourself be available to have whatever's going to come your way. I think that's so important. It is, but facing the hard facts, what is it that you want? And I think my dad had to say to Beck, me, since Beck, I know what you want. You've been saying that, you know, all through your apprenticeship, you wanted to have kids, you wanted to, you know, juggle work with kids. But, you know, um, listening to wisdom of older business people was really good as well, you know, and obviously my dad, you know, he's a very wise man. He could actually see in my heart what I really wanted to do, despite the fact he knew it was going to be the hardest decision and it was going to break my heart. And it was the worst timing, um, you know, just being with before Christmas. But, you know, it also was probably the best time because then it kind of, made me look elsewhere and go, well, what do I do now? Where do I go? And I immediately just thought, well, what do I have? You know, what do I have right here in front of me? And I have my blog, and that's why I, I just ran with it. So, um, um, you know, some some traders have big businesses, you know, um, big trade, you know, construction businesses or, you know, plumbing businesses, and it's a, it, it's, a, it's a daunting task to close, you know, close up shop with a lot of pride. So there's another thing as well, mental, mentally, how it affects you, and also the pride, you know, 
a business that I was going to take over and we've been telling all our clients, but, you know, my daughter was going to take over J-Pop Plumbing and then somebody closed it. Like, there's a lot of, pro- you know, I was, you know, I, I felt very, um, oh, um, I don't, I can't even think of the worst top of the head, but you know, when you're proud about what you're going to achieve and then suddenly it's just taken, you know, it's gone, you just yep. feel, well, your whole identity gets wrapped up in that. It does a little bit, yeah, it does. You know, something my identity. Well, I'm not Beck, you know, the plumber anymore. Like I'm Beck. I don't even know what Beck is now. You know, so um, but I'll Beck the plumber, you know, and I'll always be Beck the plumber. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's what I was going with, and that's what I, you know, that's what I'm doing. Um, you know, writing as Beck the plumber. So, um, yeah, there's a whole, yeah, there's a, there was a whole heap of um, issues, but um, make sure you've got support around you. You know, when you make a big, big decision like that, um. And, you know, my husband was great with that as well. You know, he just knew that, you know, and we just got through. We just got through that, you know, that um, that initial stage. And um, and then 2014 was one of my best years of blogging because my blog um, was recognised by KidsBot. And then end of last year, you know, I won two sponsor awards, you know, which like, just took me by surprise because I thought a plumber winning a blogging award, like how the heck in beauty, <laughs> in beauty in Garnier. And I had a whole plumbing aspect you know, in the blog post, but, you know, I won and I just, you know, I just, I was just, I, I just thought it was very ironic, you know, how it all, you know, how that year just played out. Um, so it goes, um, you know, it goes you. to show um, following your passion where it can lead. And you obviously made the right decision to end the business and follow what yeah. you really wanted to do. And now look at the rewards and joy that you get out of it. And also sometimes saying no to things. like It's the stuff you say no to that allows those other opportunities to blossom. Um, so by saying Absolutely. no to plumbing, you've, you've opened the door to this whole, uh, you know, blogging space. Yes, exactly. So, um, you know, you just exactly, you just don't even know where. Once you close one door, you don't know where the new window or the new door is going to open, you know, next. And it can be, and I guarantee usually it's better than what you already had before. So I just encourage anyone who's going through that at the moment. I've been there. I know what it's like. And you just, um, just one step, you know, one foot in front of the other, just step through it and just trust that, you know, good's going to come out of it. And I really believe that, you know, and I always remain positive, always optimistic, even, even when things look crap around you, you think, how the hell am I going to get through this? Always remain positive and um, you, you will get through. And, you know, you'll be like me two years later looking back and, wow, I got through. And not only did I get through, you know, I was initially, I've been honoured you know, through it as well. And it's, you know, it's opened up a passion. It's opened up new doors that I just didn't expect, you know, for them to be open up to me. So... Awesome. Yeah. Well, well done, Beck. That's uh, such a fantastic story. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it is good. <laughs> so one thing we like to ask all our guests is if you had 100 tradies in the room, what would be one piece of advice that you would like to give them? Yeah, I was thinking about this and I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> well, you well, certainly we, have given a lot of great advice. I've given a lot. Yeah, yes. I have given a lot. But just taking back, you know, about my whole formal you know, night, just, I've seen so many plumbers, um, their marriages have fallen apart um, because they've spent so much time in their business working and it's, it's an easy thing to do. It's easy and, and it takes two to, to make a marriage work, okay? So I'm not saying that it's plumber's fault, you know, that the marriage has fallen apart. I'm not saying that at all. But um, having a business, it can really put a strain on your marriage. And um, and then if you have a financial issues and, you know, builders aren't paying you or you've got, um, you know, stress of liquidated damages and it's got nothing to do with you. It's because the freaking Tyler didn't show up, you know, but you're being blamed with it. Um, you know, it, it can just add stress to your relationship. So try, uh, like, each week to find time to spend time with, you know, your loved ones, you know, because the whole reason we're in business 
is again for flexibility with our families and also financial prosperity so that we can take them on holidays, so we can pay for them to go to school and you know all those things that we dream of as a family together. Often what gets lost is those dreams. Um, you know, in the process, we're always thinking about you know how to make the business keep you know going to get you know do all the it's all the itty bitty stuff that you do every day. So always you know put pride on your family um, and um, honestly. Yeah, that's probably the best advice I can, you know, give. Great stuff. Well, Beck, uh, thank you. I know you've got um, two small girls asleep in the other room at the moment. So <laughs> thank thanks do. so much for uh, for stepping out to have a quick chat to us. Um, been great having you on the show. Some fantastic insights there for our tradie listeners, even our guy tradies, uh, who <laughs> I'm sure can identify with so much of what you've talked about. So uh, thank you again. Great. and Thank you. Beck, where can um, our listeners uh, read more about you on your blog? Or yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So they can head to um, theplumet.com.au, um, T-H-E-P-L-U-M-B-E-T-T-E.com.au. Um, and then I've also got a Facebook page and Twitter. So I've got all those handles on my um, on my um, blog. Um, but, you know, feel free even just to, you know, contact me. You know, if you've got any questions or, you know, just need some encouragement, feel free to, you know, email. I actually love hearing from other plumbers. Um and, um, you know, just hearing their stories as well, you know, or, you know, saying, oh, what would you do in this situation? You know, I, I actually love, you know, being able to do that because it just it helps me feel like I'm still out there, you know, helping in some way yeah, <laughs> um, with our tradies. Um, so feel, feel, feel free to approach me. But, yeah, that's my blog. And um, I'd love to hear from you. I'll see you, you know, read or comment, whatever. Awesome. And we'll put a link to your web, oh, to your blog, uh, your website in uh, the show notes for this episode. So, Beck, thank you very much again. Uh, you've been very abundant with your time and your, uh, and your tips. And uh, we look forward to seeing bigger and better things from the plummet. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Beck. So, great chat with Beck from the plummet. Go check it out. Uh, as she said, theplumet.com.au is her blog and uh, yeah you can you can find out more about her story and some of the content that she creates and maybe even draw some ideas for your own industry of how you can use a blog in your business to uh, position yourself as you know, the expert basically that's it and if you want to know um, more about our show tradiesbusinessshow.com we're also having a uh, revamping our blog up there as well mm, exciting stuff coming there is so there's going to be audio and written and all sorts of exciting stuff and we're getting a revamp freebies uh so go check it out if you haven't been to the website for a while uh now's time to go and take a sticky beak and um we will see you there or we'll speak to you in our next episode so until then bye you've been listening to the tradies business show with warwick bidwell and michaela clark want to get off the tools into true business ownership find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com